You're unmuted. Okay, this meeting will come to order. Welcome to the May meeting of the Local Agency Formation Commission. I'm Vice Chair Jackie Fielder, and I'm joined by Commissioners Dean Preston and Hope Williams. Our clerk today is John Carroll. I'd like to thank the staff of SFGovTV for broadcasting this meeting. Mr. Clerk, do you have any announcements? Yes, thank you, Madam Vice Chair. The LAFCO Board of Commissioners is now convening hybrid meetings that allow in-person attendance and public comment while still providing remote access and public comment via telephone. The Board of Commissioners recognizes that equitable public access is essential and we will be taking public comment as follows. First, public comment will be taken on each item on today's agenda. Those attending in person will be allowed to speak first and then we will take comment from those who are waiting on the telephone line. If you wish to provide public comment remotely, the phone number for you to call is 415-655-0001. The meeting ID for today's meeting is 2607302-6952. After you've entered the meeting ID, press the pound symbol twice. You will be connected to the call and you will hear the meeting discussions, but your line will be muted and in listening mode. When your item of interest comes up on today's agenda and we call public comment, those of us joining us in person should line up to speak uh, at the public comment lectern to my left-hand side. And those who are connected on the telephone should dial star three to be added to the speaker line. If you are on your telephone, please remember to turn down your television, your radio, your streaming device, your computer, whatever you may be using to access today's proceedings. Alternatively, you may submit public comment in writing in either of the following ways. First, you can email them to myself. I'm the LAFCO clerk. My name is John Carroll. We have an email address set up for LAFCO. That is lafco at sfgov.org. Or you may send your written comments via U.S. Postal Service to our office in City Hall. That is LAFCO, care of the clerk's office. Clerk's office is room 244. City Hall's address is 1 Dr. Carlton B. Goodlett Place, San Francisco, California, 94102. If you submit your comments in writing, I will send your comments to the commissioners and also include your communication as part of the official file on which you are commenting. And that concludes my announcements, Madam Vice Chair. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. And can you please call the roll? Agenda item number one is roll call. Commissioners, when you hear your name, please indicate that you are present. Vice Chair Fielder. Present. Fielder, present. Uh, Commissioner Williams. Present. Williams, present. Commissioner Preston. Present. Preston, present. Madam Vice Chair, there is a quorum. Thank you. Um, all right. So item number two, approval of the LAFCO minutes. Uh, fellow commissioners, do you have any changes to the minutes I'm asking you to call the item. I'll call the item, but it is, <laughs> you're correct, approval of the minutes from the April 21st meeting. All right, commissioners, do you have any changes to the minutes from the April 21st, 2023 meeting? All right, seeing no changes, I will open this up for public comment. Do we have public comment here in the board chamber on the form of the minutes? It appears that we have none. I will check to see if we have any comment from our remote listeners. I see there are two listeners. And of them, there are none who have comments on the form of the minutes. All right. Um, seeing no public speakers, public comment is now closed. Is there a motion to approve the minutes? No moved. Moved by Commissioner Preston. Second. Seconded by Commissioner Williams. Mr. Clerk, can you please call the roll? The motion has been offered by Commissioner Preston and seconded by Commissioner Williams to adopt the minutes from the April 21st meeting on that motion. Uh, Commissioner Williams. 
Aye. Williams, aye. Commissioner Preston? Aye. Preston, aye. Vice Chair Fielder? Aye. Fielder, aye. Madam Vice Chair, there is no opposition. Thank you. <clears throat> um, Mr. Clerk, can you please call item number three? Yes, hang on just one moment. Something dropped off on my notes that I have here. Agenda item number three is discussion of the reinvestment working group report on final business and governance plans for a non-depository municipal finance corporation and public bank. This is a discussion and possible action item. We'll be taking public comments as part of the discussion. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Um, Commissioner Preston, as the sponsor of the ordinance that you've created, uh, the reinvestment working group, would you like to make any opening comments? I, I have... I'm thrilled that we're here. I'm going to reserve comments, though, because I know there's a presentation. I would love to, to have that first. Sounds great. Uh, now we're going to hear from Khalid Samurai, LAFCO policy analyst, followed by Kristen Evans, who's here with us in the chambers as the chair of the Reinvestment Working Group. And then finally from Yakumo Bagareya from HRNA Advisors, which are the consultant group for the Reinvestment Working Group. And if you could please keep your presentation in 10 minutes, that would be much appreciated. Hi there. Um, I will be pulling up my screen and uh, sharing my presentation shortly. Just one second. Thank you. So I'll start by reading the legal disclaimer that we're required to um, read uh, before all of our presentations would work. And this is the following presentation was prepared by HRNA Advisors, a consultant to the city and county of San Francisco. This presentation does not include legal advice and HRNA Advisors does not represent that the presentation or the recommendations or conclusions therein comply with applicable laws governing the establishment or operation of a non-depository municipal finance corporation or a municipal bank. Under the city charter, the city attorney is the legal advisor to the city and only the city attorney or his authorized delegates may advise the city on legal issues, including such issues pertaining to municipal banking. So, um, let me share my presentation now. So this presentation is about the final plans that um, the HRNA team submitted to the reinvestment working group on the creation of a municipal finance corporation and public bank. Um, the plans are the product of uh, several sources of feedback and input and contribution from the city's ordinance, 8721, stakeholder outreach that we did with um, various organizations and individuals across San Francisco feedback from the working group, city, LAFCO, and, and other organizations, initial feedback from the FDIC and CDFPI, federal and state regulators on banking, and the expertise that our team brings. And uh, our deliverables seek to sort of optimize across um, different elements, which are the, the city and community goals, public impact, financial feasibility, and, and regulatory requirements. Um, at a high level, the, the two entities that um, 
are described into in the business and governance plans are the embassy and, and public bank. And this slide summarizes their um, structure. So they're really designed to be able to flow seamlessly from the MFC, which is designed to be created rapidly into the public bank and, and transition seamlessly into the public bank entity after three years of MFC operations. Um, the MFC would have uh, <clears throat> an oversight commission consisting of nine members, um, a five member board, a management of three senior officers and plus four staff and would focus its activities on participation lending with community development financial institutions and community financial institutions and affordable housing, small business and green investments. Um, at the end of year three of its operations, we project that it would have nearly $40 million in capital and $50 million in funding. In the third year of operations, the MFC, if, um, if the city receives regulatory approval interests to proceed, would become the public bank which is uh, again, similar structure, but larger, more capacity and more ability to do different types of lending, but also more robust governance structure to manage all of this. So it would have 25 member oversight commission um, with members appointed by the board of supervisors, mayor, treasurer's office, controller's office and city attorney's office, a nine member uh, board consisting uh, primarily of outside directors, four senior leaders, the chief uh, executive officer, um, chief financial officer, chief risk officer and CCO, and nine other staff. Um, the public bank would um, similarly operate in partnership with uh, community financial institutions and CDFIs, but it would have a larger ability to make uh, direct loans to customers, make larger and more complex loans and, and so forth. We project that the public bank at the end of year eight of the joint entity operations, which means uh, year five of, of its public bank operations would have nearly $60 million in capital and $250 million in funding. The, we developed this structure uh, based, uh, you know, especially on, on feedback that we received from the CDFPI and, and FDIC in our meeting on January 12th. Um, and it addresses three concerns that they expressed about ensuring that the public bank can operate independently of the political process, ensuring that it retains, that the board retains fiduciary responsibility for decisions, and ensuring that shareholders can raise additional capital and do so quickly if needed. And so the two-tier governance structure um, provides this layer of insulation from the bank management and board from elected officials. Um, the... Uh, bank board retains control on day-to-day -day and major decisions, therefore uh, retaining its fiduciary responsibility. And then um, finally, we uh, our in our financial models and our recommendations, we propose that the uh, MFC and bank be uh, quote-unquote hyper-capitalized, so receive more capital and funding to start with than is um, sort of required at, by sort of minimum standards by law. And that would enable them to, to have enough capital to withstand potential shocks. Uh, but then there's the open question of, you know, through what mechanisms the city would be able to raise additional capital rapidly. And that's a question that we um, have uh, not been able to answer as it deals with certain legal matters. This is an overview of how the MFC and public bank would proceed through the eight years of operations that I described. 
um, in the first three years under the MFC structure, there would be uh, $39.5 million of capital put into the organization and $50 million of funding. And then as the MFC transitions to the public bank in year four, there would be uh, another uh, additional infusion of capital and funding to get to the final numbers that you see on this slide. You can see here the, um, how, how this would work sort of in a, in a more graphic way with the um, sort of pink or light orange shaded parts of the columns representing the new infusions of capital by year. So the capital infusion happens in the first four years, whereas funding is contributed to the entities across all of the first eight years of operations and thereafter. Um, at the end of year eight, this is a sort of balance sheet view. The entity would have almost $320 million in total assets, of which nearly $250 million would be in net loans made out to the communities of San Francisco. Um, this would be based, as I mentioned, on $250 million of capital and nearly, uh, of funding, excuse me, and, and $60 million of capital. And as you can see, and I'll show it on this slide as it's easier to see, um, based on our financial models, we project that the MFC would operate at a loss in its first two years before starting to show positive net income or profit in its third year. And um, there, thereafter, under the public bank structure, the, it would continue to generate positive profit, allowing this, um, this resources to be reinvested into the public bank's operations, um, lent back into the communities, and uh, really used to, to strengthen this organization and, and the work that it can do to support San Francisco and its residents. We also developed uh, an alternative scenario as required by uh, regulators to show what would happen if there is a shock or a reduction in funding to these entities. And so here we compare what would happen if there is a lower level of funding between years four and eight for the public bank. We see that um, under a scenario where funding decreases by about 13%, um, this has a disproportionate impact on net income, causing it to decrease by nearly 40%. However, um, net income would continue to be positive. And so this uh, shows that this type of shock is one that the um, public bank would be able to withstand. And obviously, um, you know, would, this is a projection and it would have to be um, considered differently and under different economic circumstances and potentially, you know, recessions or, or other crises. Just, could I have a time check on, on, on how I'm doing and how much more time I have? Mr. Begarelli, through the chair, you have a minute and 30 seconds. Thank you. Um, so here, um, this slide just, uh, I'll, I'll actually skip this slide as it's a little bit more technical and, and I'll focus on what has to happen next for the um, MFC and public bank to be established and, and for the city to achieve a, uh, its ultimate goal of a public bank. Um, so to, to go from the MFC to the public bank, there's a need for um, <clears throat> first a successful implementation of the MFC plan, a revision of the public bank plans to account for changes that may happen in the next three to four years to the city's objectives, economic circumstances, et cetera. Um, the city needs to pass legislation to authorize the transition in its expenses and potentially uh, go through the charter amendment process as well. It needs to submit the bank plans to state and federal regulators, uh, revise the plans based on their feedback and obtain approval. 
obviously execute the transition of rolling over capital and funding into the public bank entity and transitioning the governance management structure, legal form and bylaws as is required, um, allocate city funds for capitalization and, and deposits, and then um, commit long-term both as the city and, and potentially with other funding providers to um, make sure that these entities are supported over the, over the longer term. Finally, this is uh, my last slide. I'll go through it quickly. There, um, there are several items that we weren't able to address as they were outside of our scope, or we were not permitted to do them. There, um, the city needs to assess the legal requirements of establishing an MFC and public bank within the city charter and other city laws and regulations. It needs to allocate funding to secure management staff, systems, equipment, and office space for the MFC and public bank. Establish funding and grants to support um, partner community financial institutions to loan out to communities and provide technical assistance to borrowers, coordinate with uh, CFIs and CDFIs on lending programs, and um, if the city chooses to convert the MFC into a public bank, develop a plan through which to roll over its operations. So um, I'll pause there and uh, take any questions or uh, address the, this body as, as you prefer. Thank you, Yakimo. I think we're going to hold questions to the very end, um, and we'll just chug along to uh, Chair Evans, who has been the amazing chair of the Reinvestment Working Group, who's going to present to us now. So I'll keep my remarks brief. Hello, commissioners. Um, so the Reinvestment Working Group began our work about a year ago. Um, the, we were comprised of nine members, including four members of the community representing some of the priority investment areas, including affordable housing, um, uh, small business, and climate and green energy. Um, we also had three financial and local banking experts join us, as well as representation from the controller's office and the treasurer's office. We worked closely with the consultants HRNA and also uh, Gary Finley of uh, Finley Associates um, to help prepare two plans, two comprehensive business plans for you, one for an MFC and one for the public bank. And we did that with the capable help of our policy analyst, Khalid Samari, and I'm gonna actually turn it over to him. Hello. Um, thank you. Uh, Vice Chair. Uh, I, I'd like to start by um, thanking the HRNA team for an amazing uh, um, job over the past uh, 13 months and the nine members of the working group, uh, including especially Chair Evans. Um, and to let you know that yesterday the working group um, voted unanimously for the, the eight members who were present voted unanimously to um, submit both the MFC plan and the public bank plan to the LAFCO Commission and uh, the Board of Supervisors. Additionally, uh, a majority of those present um, had another motion uh, that also goes to LAFCO and the Board of Supervisors that the Public Bank Oversight Commission have power of setting annual policy, appointing and removing board members to the extent that is allowable by regulators. And uh, both of those will be formally submitted to you guys. Thank you, Khalid. Um, at this time, 
I wonder if any of my fellow commissioners have any questions or comments for anyone who has spoken so far. Commissioner Preston. The mic on. Thank you, uh, Vice Chair Fielder. And um, I, I, I just wanted to comment on where we are and thank everyone um, for their work. It's a pretty big deal to have not only to have these plans that have been talked about in concept, I think, for over a decade, but um, to have them developed in such a collaborative way over the course of the last year. I think you uh, never know when you set up uh, a working group or a task force in this city what is going to come of it. Uh, sometimes great things come of it, sometimes nothing comes of it. Uh, and, and I will just say in this case, um, from my perspective, the reinvestment working group was really a model um, in, in how to advance serious policy discussions and move forward and do it in a collaborative way and come to um, a consensus around these plans. And, and folks have been mentioned, I'll mention some others, I'm sure I'll miss some because there are a lot of people in, involved in this. Um, but I will say just stepping back uh, and, and uh, obviously we need to, to vote on these and then there's a road ahead that we can talk about involving uh, quite a bit of work. So we're, you know, we're not there yet, but you can't go anywhere if you don't have a plan and a roadmap. And that's what uh, hopefully we are moving forward uh, today and what the reinvestment working group um, approved yesterday. So I am excited to, uh, to, to forward these uh, plans to the, the board and then to have discussions with my colleagues. Um, and I think that in, it's important that we look at the context that we're in. I think the need for a public bank's only become more apparent um, in this last year or two while this working group has been meeting. The country is grappling with um, ongoing economic instability and really what can only be described as a, a, a collapse of significant aspects of the banking industry um, and a clear failure uh, that's not new to meet the needs of um, more marginalized communities and to meet the, the affordable housing and climate goals in particular um, that the private banking industry that operates for profit has never met and will never meet. And I think that that is why we are looking at alternatives to supplement that. So this, um, the working group has advanced what I think is a, 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 an important and a serious and a workable plan to create a municipally owned bank. I will say, and I will not be shy about saying, that I hope that San Francisco becomes the first city, uh, feeling a little competitive with some of our sister cities around who are not as far along in this process, but are interested in doing this well. I think, uh, you know, other than the North Dakota Public Bank, which is a state public bank, we don't uh, see models in the U.S. Um, and certainly not at the municipal level of public banks, despite the fact that there are many of them all over the world that are operating uh, and filling a crucial uh, a part of the uh, of of the um, financial services and economic landscape and meeting needs that the uh, for-profit banking uh, does not meet. So I think it's a game-changing proposal. I think it is very timely, um, both, as I mentioned, because of the challenges in the traditional banking industry, but also just as we're discussing economic recovery 
Um, and also, as we are setting goals, and, and I will say this as someone who served on the Board of Supervisors now for three years, we're very, we are good at setting goals as a city. We are good at saying, and, and as a state, here, are, you know, here, here is how we are going to actually create a green, green energy and, a, and green infrastructure, and, and here's you know, how long it's going to take. Here are the 46,000 units of affordable housing that we all agree we are going to build. Uh, what we're not very good at is actually showing how we're going to do that. And when you really scratch the surface, there's often no plan to do that. So the housing is a perfect example. There is not a single plan anyone has provided in any department in this city or in any branch of government to get to the 46,000 units of affordable housing that we unanimously, as a body, approved. And that the mayor and board of supervisors came together to approve. So how are we going to get there? The only thing I'm seeing on the table that actually makes a serious dent, and frankly, if we scale it up, could, could fund most, if not all of that, depending what kind of investment we want to make, uh, is, is a public bank. And so, um, so I'm excited that we are moving forward this, uh, this really practical tool to help us get to these goals and close these gaps. So just before I wrap up, I'm going to try to name some folks. Uh, so thank you. The entire working group and Kristen Evans, who, who just spoke, are the chair of the working group. Uh, thank you, Chair Evans, for all your work um, and the many other members of, of, of the working group. Um, Jennifer Finger, uh, Rafael Morales, Elizabeth Dwyer, Sylvia Chi, um, Fernando Marti, Michelle Pierce. Um, the, the folks really appreciate the involvement of the controller's office and, and treasurer's uh, office, Anna Vendegna in particular from the controller's office, uh, Amanda Freed from the treasurer's office, um, and um, as has been mentioned, the LAFCO staff, Mr. Pollock, Mr. Samurai, who um, have led so much of this work. Uh, the clerk's office uh, of the Board of Supervisors for their uh, strong support um, of facilitating so much of this. Um, the commissioners sitting with me today, in particular Vice Chair Fielder for long before being a commissioner on this body, being one of the leaders of uh, the coalition and public banking movement um, here in San Francisco all the fellow folks who are part of the Public Bank Coalition who have been um, driving this from driving the state changes to legislation that our now city attorney, former assembly member led um, to pushing this work locally. It's a very um, diverse um, and uh, an effective coalition that really represents so many of the marginalized communities in San Francisco um, who will benefit from, from a public bank. Um, HRNA was mentioned, obviously, HRNA uh, Finley Associates, um, in particular, uh, Andrea Batista Schlesinger and uh, Giacomo Bagarella, who just spoke, um, and, and, and Gary Finley um, provided amazing support and technical and, and, and expertise to this process that and we would not be here without all of their work. Um, and um, I'm sure there are many others, you know, but I just really want to thank everyone who's been part of this. It's been a year-long process 
and it's just amazing to see uh, such uh, well thought through and detailed plans. The next step, you know, assuming moves uh, forward with approval today, will be to come to the Board of Supervisors where, you know, I intend to be meeting with my colleagues, talking with them. I know uh, a lot of the uh, Public Bank Coalition folks and working group members will provide advice and, and try to bring everyone up to speed as well. Um, we will hold a hearing likely in July um, at the GAO committee, and we have a lot of work to do to get rid of the disclaimer that our consultants have to give at the beginning of every one of these presentations, which is that uh, they're not giving legal advice and they haven't cleared everything with the city attorney. Well, that's our job at the Board of Supervisors when we take this and the baton is passed is to be meeting with our city attorney and hammering out all the logistics uh, as well as uh, meeting with the treasurer and controller um, to, to, uh, to chart out the path forward. But thank you, uh, uh, especially um, Vice Chair Fielder and, and, uh, and my fellow LAFCO commissioners and Commissioner Williams for, and, and uh, Chair Chan as well for the, the strong support and the Board of Supervisors, frankly, for funding the uh, and coming together and really agreeing unanimously that this work was important to move forward and funding the consultants uh, to, to advise this process as well as um, the, the support positions that were necessary to move this forward. So I don't have any questions. I, they have all been answered in the very thorough presentation and, uh, and, and uh, meetings uh, that we've had before today's date. Thank you, Commissioner Preston. Commissioner Williams. Thank you. Um, just want to echo everything that uh, Commissioner Preston just shared. I'm trying to contain my excitement. I think the coffee is hitting right now. Um, I believe that thoughtful policy construction takes time and can be very difficult. And uh, the fact that Chair Evans was chairing, it doesn't surprise me that it got done in only a single year. Um, and then just to reiterate, thank you so much, Executive Officer Pollock and Khalid, really appreciate you and your due diligence and working <laughs> with all the city departments. <laughs> trying to connect everyone. And uh, Vice Chair Fielder, I cannot imagine um, how excited you must be, how excited I am for you. Uh, this is your baby, and I'm excited to see it come to fruition. Um, to have this plan in place, it's exciting. So that's all I'd like to say. Thank you, Commissioner Williams. Um, all right, I've been waiting for this for six years, and I know folks have been waiting for much longer. Um, do want to echo everything that's been said by my commissioners, uh, fellow commissioners. Um, want to thank uh, specifically Khalid. Um, it's really hard to imagine a, a better person to have navigated all of the different um, uh, questions and the huge learning curve on the subject matter and then being able to hold hold all the different questions from a million different people, have answers for them, um, set up the conversations that need to be had to iron out those questions. It is just, we're so lucky. So would not have happened without you joining us. Um, much thanks to the clerk also for um, being able to support Khalid in that. And uh, yes, echoing uh, thanks from Commissioner Preston to the Board of Supervisors for funding this work. 
um, going back a couple years ago now. Um, thank you, Executive Officer Jeremy Pollock, for also making sure that we have everything that we need. Um, I think I uh, also want to echo thanks to uh, current city attorney and former assembly member David Chu for helping us pass AB 857 in 2019 to actually establish a framework for public banks because before then there was no framework. It was just you're either a private commercial bank in California or you're a credit union. And now we have the ability to choose another option. Um, and want to thank Sylvia Chi, who's also a co-sponsor, sorry, a co-author of AB857, and we were so lucky to have on the reinvestment working group, um, guiding us uh, along the way, especially around questions around uh, regulators and, and everything in between with AB857, what's allowed, what's not. Um, all the various reinvestment work group members, Dr. Michelle Pierce, Fernando Marti, um, all the other folks that have dedicated so much time over the past year and, and month to this work. Um, so many, uh, you know, uh, BLA's office, Carl Bytel, um, who's also been uh, key in drawing out different options for the public bank. I also want to thank Chair Evans because um, there's just a lot of minutiae with coordinating any kind of body in the city government and all the different, you know, Robert's rules and agendizing and everything else. And it takes a lot, especially from a, uh, a civilian. So I appreciate you. Thank you, Chair Evans. Um, thank you to the Public Bank Coalition for making all of this even worthwhile and, and bringing the energy to make it happen over the several, uh, the six years that we've been around. Um, much thanks to also all of the partners who support a public bank, um, engaging in a lot of um, interesting conversations and uh, uh, difficult conversations around how to make this thing accountable to its mission, to its principles, to the people, San Franciscans, who, who really need a, another option. I really appreciated uh, Contigo, who was a party to the consultant group, who conducted the focus groups and um, explored questions of what are the existing gaps around the, the lending market in San Francisco for affordable housing, for small businesses, for renewable energy. And just want to also round out by saying, you know, the first time that I think San Francisco in, in the 21st century was talking about a public bank was in the wake of the Great Recession. And uh, Supervisor John Avalos, who, um, who's also uh, deserving of thanks, initially started this conversation um, around then. And it seems like every time since then, something goes bad with Wall Street. We're like, why don't we have a public bank? And, you know, I couldn't agree more. Uh, obviously, with the Silicon Valley Bank, we saw that um, the failure there threw up a lot of questions for how affordable housing products are going to move forward in the city, um, as Supervisor Dean Preston has said. You know, so it's a matter of of not why or or even if, but really when. When is San Francisco going to realize? Uh, and hopefully, it's this year um, that 
a public bank is obviously not the panacea, it's not the silver bullet, it has to be a huge part of a, a real paradigm shift around what our, what we prioritize and where we put our money where our mouth is, um, whether that's bonds or a public bank or actual funding and grants. The city already does a ton of lending. And as we saw from um, the recent audit, you know, there's, there's still questions around how that lending is conducted, um, how transparent it is, and that is certainly an answer that San Franciscans deserve. Um, so this public bank effort is also one of governance and one of um, making sure that our dollars are working for us because, you know, the fundamentals around public banking are that right now, even today, the $13 billion that we have uh, that we're not currently using in cash to pay for all the important services that the city provides. It's making money for other people. It's making money for um, wealthy shareholders around the world in industries we have no idea the impacts of, but we can take a guess whether those are fossil fuel projects, pipelines, um, private prisons and immigrant detention centers, tobacco, firearms, all of that. So, you know, um, all this to say a public bank is badly needed, not only to align for our, for our values in San Francisco, but also to do good at home, um, also to do right by San Franciscans and to make sure that we are making good on our promises for the climate, our climate action plan. Uh, mentioned in the climate action plan in 2021 was the need for a, a public bank, a green bank. Um, making sure that we make good on affordable housing goals, as, as Commissioner Preston said. Um, you know, again, it's not going to be the whole, um, it's not going to get us the whole way there, but it can do a ton to help us get there. And uh, when it comes to small businesses, you know, as we saw in the pandemic and are still currently seeing, there are tons of amazing small businesses in San Francisco that are still struggling to get out of the rut that they've been in. Um, and if they were given a lifeline, and you know there are some programs in the city that already do that, but if we scaled it up, we could really preserve a lot of what San Francisco values, or at least a lot of us value in San Francisco. Um, the really special small businesses and community institutions that make this place what it is. Um, you know, as well as we look towards the future and um, making sure that we move into a renewable economy, we need to make sure that low-income households, that people of color, black, indigenous, other people of color, have, uh, have a different relationship to the flows of capital. As we all know, uh, even as we saw just this week, I think yesterday it came out, the news about Wells Fargo being sued by um, a group of, I believe, San Franciscans, certainly in San Francisco, around, in the year 2023, racial discrimination in lending. And so it's also about undoing a lot of the harms that have already been caused by Wall Street banks on San Franciscans. Um, so anyway, thank you everyone for making sure that this gets to where it is right now. Thank you HRNA, Gary Finley, um, uh, so many other folks perhaps we've forgotten to thank, but it was certainly 
a huge team effort over several years, super, former supervisor, um, fewer. Uh, it's, it's taken dozens of people, and I think even, even through all the years and seeing how much of an effort it is going to take, we're still pretty unanimously committed to making sure that it happens. And I think that's a testament to really the promise and the vision that we all see um, here in the public bank world that this has for our city. So thank you, everyone. And uh, at this point, I think we can close this item out. Um, and Madam, Madam Vice Chair, if I may just interrupt for a moment to remind that we do need to take public comment. And I think that we have one caller connected remotely who wants to provide public comment on this item. Got it. Thank you. All right. So let's open this up for public comment. Speakers will have two minutes. Thank you very much. Seeing no public comment here in board chamber room 250, we will turn our attention to the three callers who have connected to our meeting remotely. As a reminder, if you wish to speak on this agenda item, you need only dial star three and that will add you to the queue of speakers. And I see that of those three, we have one who wants to speak. Could we please be connected at this time? So <clears throat> members of this LASCO board, I've been involved with LASCO since the very beginning, way back in 2000. At that time, we would go to Sacramento to listen to what LASCO was all about. In the year 2023, a lot has changed in San Francisco. So as much as somebody can say that they, they care for the people of San Francisco, especially those who live paycheck to paycheck or people of color, it's very easy to talk the talk, but very difficult to walk the walk. This land, all of it, was stolen from the indigenous people. For example, the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission has millions of acres where we can have solar panels or solar, solar farms. And a bank would help, but more than a bank would be a solar farm. And more than that would be tapping into the federal infrastructure bill. So talk is cheap. I've been monitoring this for 40 years. Politicians talk a lot, and they say things that people should hear, and they think that all the people are fools. Nobody can fool all the people all the time. Thank you very much. Thank you, Francisco de Costa, for sharing your comments with, with LAFCO. Do we have any further callers? Just delaying for a moment. And it appears, Madam Vice Chair, that we have no further callers in the queue. Thank you. Seeing no public speakers, public comment is now closed. There's no action to take on this matter. Mr. Clerk, can you please call item number four? Thank you. Just acknowledging that LAFCO is taking no action on agenda item number three. And agenda item number four is the executive officer's report. This is a discussion and potential action item, and we'll be taking public comments as part of the discussion. 
Thank you, Mr. Clerk. And we'll now hear from Executive Officer Jeremy Pollock. Hello, good morning, Commissioners. Jeremy Pollock, LAFCO Executive Officer. Uh, I have a, a presentation to share. Give me one moment. I seem to have been disconnected from the Teams meeting. Great, thank you. Uh, you can go to the next slide. Are you sharing there, uh, Clerk Carroll? Uh, through the Vice Chair to Executive Officer Pollock, it is sharing through SFGov TV and it should appear on your restaurant now. Great, thank you. Uh, yeah, so just a, a few updates here today. Uh, just an update on the, the budget and work plan. Uh, last month, the commission voted to approve the proposed budget. Uh, and we have scheduled a special meeting for June 7th for the final budget approval. And um, I'm just gonna uh, have a, the, the budget uh, that's included in this packet is unchanged from uh, last month's. And so unless uh, it's included here for reference, if you could advance uh, two slides, I believe. And uh, one more slide. And so the executive officer's report includes a few more updates on the proposed work plan uh, with the adoption now of the MOU between the SFPUC and, and LAFCO. Uh, we moved ahead with uh, delving into the, the special studies imagined as part of that MOU. And if you can go to the next slide. Um, so we're continuing our, our oversight work of, with Clean Power SF as um, the role requested by the Board of Supervisors and I'm uh, developing a dashboard to track the, the various issues that we've been uh, requesting information from Clean Power SF on and um, the information we've received from other CCAs that presented last month. And I'm proposing that LAFCO uh, establish a cadence of delivering biannual updates to, to the Board of Supervisors and PUC on, on the oversight issues that we've been, been reviewing and, and providing a, a memo uh, twice a year. And then as we, uh, we look to incorporate the, the studies from the MOU into the, the LAFCO work plan, uh, we're proposing to uh, prioritize the, the two studies initially to, to begin with, uh, the, the study on battery storage and on the green bank financing. Um, and then uh, imagine that we would revisit plans for the, the remaining three studies that are listed at the bottom of this slide uh, later in the year as we see how our, our workload is progressing. And next slide, please. Um, and this slide provides a, a little preliminary sketch of the, the plan for the battery storage study. Um, we're considering to, to simplify and, and speed up the RFP process for, uh, for selecting a contractor to establish uh, an informal pool of contractors that have existing contracts with the city. Uh, there's the Department of the Environment has one contractor with relevant skills and the PUC has uh, a pool of uh, professional service consultants that have relevant skills. And so proposing that we do an RFP that would be, that would go to these contractors and if we you know, get a, a proposal that, we, that, that meets our needs and, and budget, we would be able to, to use the existing city contract and save that step of negotiating a new contract uh, to, to allow us to begin, the, begin work sooner. Um, and uh, proposed a, a scope of work to, to divide this, story, this study into, into two phases. And 
the initial phase would be looking at the, the city codes, state codes, uh, permitting processes, and um, uh, issues around the different types of chemistries of battery storage and making recommendations around, um, around those issues for any revisions to, to city codes or policies that could um, expedite uh, battery storage installations in, while preserving safety uh, issues. Um, and, and then uh, the second phase would look into other issues around financing and funding opportunities, uh, workforce issues, um, what, what sort of uh, assistance consumers need in navigating this, the complicated world of, of battery storage installations, and um, also looking at issues of how battery storage can be rolled into demand management programs like the, the virtual power plant that we heard about last month from Marin Clean Energy. Um, and so the timeline we're imagining is uh, to uh, define the, the project scope and issue an RFP next month in June uh, and with a goal of kicking off the, the, the study with a consultant on board in July and then completing the first phase in October and the second phase in January. Uh, and if you could go to the next slide, please. And um, also excited to, to delve into the study on green bank financing and uh, see this as a great opportunity to build on the work of the reinvestment working group. And so we're uh, imagining a scope around this that would look at um, identifying funding opportunities for, for a green bank from the Investment uh, Inflation Reduction Act and, and other sources and also look at identifying opportunities for pilot lending programs for things like um, energy efficiency retrofits and building electrification uh, with a, a hope of getting some uh, a consultant on board with um, with financial expertise that could could guide us in in, in designing those lending programs to to accelerate those uh, those opportunities and sort of imagining this as being uh, um, a plank of the, the Municipal Finance Corporation, the MFC of the, um, that would, would adopt and how to, to this green bank uh, financing can, can play into standing up that entity and, and accelerating the lending programs. And um, yeah, the timeline here uh, is, is what we're imagining for this. And um, yeah, I think you can go to the next slide, please. Uh, and so this slide gives a brief update on the studies we're imagining for the, the, the priority areas around municipal housing and around public banking. Um, we've uh, received uh, proposals for the Midtown Park Apartments uh, facilitator RFP. We're convening an evaluation panel for that and uh, hope to, to bring a contract for approval at, uh, at our July meeting for, for that. Um, and continuing discussions on the, the future study for the municipal housing feasibility. Um, and then this slide lists um, you know, a, a few um, um, areas that we imagine LAPCO uh, playing a role in, in public banking and municipal finance, financial services in the upcoming fiscal year. Um, the reinvestment working group is, uh, is currently has no more future meetings scheduled. Technically, there the ordinance allows them to meet if they they see or need to up until the end of the calendar year. Uh, and Mr. Samurai would clerk and, and staff that meeting if, if as needed. Um, we also imagine we're available for any uh, future presentations on on these plans as needed to to other bodies or community groups. Um, 
the, uh, the Clean Power SF green financing study um, fits basically into the, both of these priority areas around public banking and around uh, Clean Power SF studies. Um, and uh, yeah, open to input from you all on, on other areas around uh, public banking and municipal finance financing that you would like us to study. And uh, next slide, please. And yeah, this slide lists uh, a few of the other studies that we're imagining that would be uh, of sort of smaller scope and um, uh, yeah, what we would conduct without uh, outside consultants um, working on sketching out um, how to fit these into our work plan and imagining that I will lead the work on the Golden State Energy Act and Mr. Samurai uh, will, can, will lead the, the study on uh, municipal laundry services. Um, and continuing to ad advise the uh, Department of the Environment on their e-bike for delivery worker pilot program. Uh, excited to see that um, they've received um, a large number of applications for it that they're, um, and hoping next month they will be uh, launching the first cohort of, um, of e-bike riders. And we're planning for them to give us an update with preliminary data on the, on the pilot at our September meeting. Um, let's see. And, and uh, yeah, that concludes my, uh, my report on the, the budget and work plan. And uh, I'd like to just pause at this point to see if you all have any comments or questions on this. Any uh, comments or questions? Um, I'll just emphasize that, I mean, as you heard in the reinvestment working group plan, um, there is now the question of how do we fund the public bank and its predecessor entity in the Municipal Finance Corporation. So I definitely support looking at the Inflation Reduction Act, Greenhouse Gas Reduction Fund, and also uh, other sources for, for funding. So definitely want to emphasize the importance of, of that study. So thank you for um, making sure that's a priority. All right, no questions. Thank you, Executive Officer Pollock. Okay, and if I can just reference the, the executive officer's report also includes a, a first draft of a memo that Chair Chan requested I write about looking at the Clean Power SF's rate structure. Um, it looks at the, the, the rate study that the uh, SFPUC conducted in 2022 as well as the, the recent rate increase that the, the PUC adopted, um, which shows a, a significant 15% increase in the generation rates uh, from Clean Power SF, largely due to the, the dramatic increase in energy prices uh, sort of around the globe. Um, and then also looks at um, uh, a model that other CCAs have adopted of issuing revenue bonds to make prepayments on their long-term power purchasing agreements to, to find uh, realized savings of around, I, think, I believe it's, Eight to twelve percent is the the range, and uh, suggesting that Clean Power SF look at this. Um, the slide deck includes goes into details on on the memo. I would um, uh, at this point I would hold off on a presentation on this unless you all are are dying to delve into the the details of rate setting structures. Um, this is going to a draft memo that I've shared with Clean Power SF. I haven't had a chance to review with our staff and look forward to to getting their feedback on and. Um, um, happy to take any questions you all might have on this, or uh, would, um, if not, would defer a, a more detailed discussion after we've uh, been able to review with with the PUC staff. 
Um, uh, thank you so much for that. I definitely am interested in this conversation. And, um, you know, I mentioned before, as early as our conversation around the IRP last year, that the IRA now ensures um, entities like Clean Power SF, I believe, to directly receive tax credits for power generation. So, um, you know, I'm just, I'm also curious about how that might impact rates in the future. I understand that they just agreed to um, reset them on May 9th, but hoping that, of course, our IRP in 2024, but maybe something, an analysis sooner uh, would be ideal to see, you know, how are, how are those tax credits going to benefit ratepayers of Clean Power SF? Because um, I definitely think that they should. Thank you. Any other questions or comments from my fellow commissioners? All right. All right. Thank you so much, Executive Officer Pollock. Um, now we go to public comment. Thank you, Madam Vice Chair. It appears we have no one here in the chamber, room 250, joining us who wants to provide public comment on the executive officer's report. There are still three listeners connected remotely, and of them, one has indicated a desire to speak on this item. Could we please be connected for two minutes? So again, uh, board members, I would like to know where do we get our lithium batteries from right now? And if it's true that we get a lot of our lithium batteries, batteries from China, how do we feel about that? If uh, you all have any understanding about lithium batteries, uh, we do have a large factory in Canada that also makes lithium batteries, but they're expensive. But I think LAFCO should look into lithium mines and the adverse impacts they have, not only in China, but in other parts of the world. And in the Central Valley, we have found lithium. And we can, and there, are, there is a proposal to tap into that source. So why don't we focus on cleaner energy and less hazardous lithium batteries? So we need to do a needs assessment. We also need to tell the public a lot about lithium and the operations, and how we trade with our international partners. Remember that California is the fourth largest economy in the world. We never mentioned that. We are the fourth largest economy in the world. We have a lot of land. And we can have Thank solar you, Francisco farms, DaCosta, for sharing your comments. Speaker's time is concluded. Thank you, Mr. DaCosta, for participating in the discussion. Sorry to cut you off. Of course, we have to make sure that everyone constrains their comments to the two minutes allotted by the chair. And Madam Vice Chair, it appears we have no further callers in the queue. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. 
Seeing no other public speakers, public comment is now closed. Mr. Clerk, can you please call item number five? Thank you. I will acknowledge that LAFCO is taking no further action on the executive officer's report, and we'll move forward to agenda item number five, which is public comment for matters that are within the subject matter jurisdiction of LAFCO, but which do not appear on today's agenda. We have no one here with us in the chamber, room 250 at City Hall, but we do have three callers connected to the remote call-in public comment comment line. If you wish to speak on this item, please dial star three and that will add you to the queue to speak. I'm delaying for a moment to give our speakers an opportunity to connect. Could we please be connected to the first speaker? So again, <clears throat> I would like to talk about the Department of Environment. And I feel that the Department of the Environment should play a key role in many of the issues that LAFCO is charged to do, but they don't have the funding. And they are like an enterprise department, they have to raise their own funding. So they get most of their money from Recology, which y'all should know. Just like y'all get most of your money from the state. But what I feel is that ever since LAFCO was formed, uh, LAFCO doesn't have the clout to fulfill their obligations. Anybody can talk, but to walk the walk is difficult. And then I see uh, the changes in LAFCO, you know, who's sitting on the board, and I see uh, a, a great turnover. And I admire, you know, when somebody has some concepts and a vision. But what I admire most is when it's put into action. Thank you very much. Thank you, Francisco da Costa, for sharing your comments. Do we have any further callers in the queue? And uh, Madam Vice Chair, it appears we have no further callers. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Seeing no other public speakers, public comment is now closed. Mr. Clerk, can you please call item number six? Agenda item number six is future agenda items. Colleagues, are there any other future agenda items to note? All right, we can open this up for public comment. Do we have any remote callers who have comments for future agenda items? Delaying for a moment so that those callers can dial star three to be added to the queue. And we have no callers in the queue, Madam Vice Chair. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Seeing no other public speakers, public comment is now closed. There's no action to take on this matter. Mr. Clerk, is there any other business before us today? There is no further business. Thank you. There being no further business, we are adjourned.